Welcome back to the Big Brother Podcast. We're here with your co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Hey, guys. And uh, our guest is Dylan Carmichael. Hey, hey. Dylan, man, thanks so much for taking some time. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, in Medina, Ohio. Yes. Backstage. Yes, yeah. Good, good show tonight. I'm Absolutely. I'm sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan was just on stage and really kicked ass. Nice. <laughs> and uh, it's... I mean, I've seen your show a few times now, and it's uh, it's really cool to see people that I'm friends with that haven't seen you before, and they'll turn to me and be like, God damn. Are you serious? Yeah, dude, tonight. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, those people that you saw me in the front row, right. <laughs> the people that were there, that's my awesome, buddy turned man. to me, he's like, man. Because yeah, I so told cool. him, I'm like, no, this guy's got the goods. That's so cool. Man. Yeah. That's so cool. We, uh, we've been working for about a year to get this show, the live show, because live is like, that's my passion i really love playing live and i love the band thing my whole family has had bands forever yeah i started my first band when i was 14 and it's just something that i'm totally that's what got me addicted to music of course i love recording and writing and all that stuff but the live thing is is where it's at for me and so we've been working on this thing for about a year and we just want it to sound great and, and kick ass so we're trying you know we're working hard yeah man it's crazy too because i think if you're building a fan base like that's where you really build the diehard fans yeah you know is is with that kick-ass live show yeah live yeah i mean yeah. that's what made me um that's what made me i mean i'm a huge leonard skinner fan yeah. and i'm pretty sure everybody knows it by now <laughs> everybody everybody that knows me at least knows that i'm a leonard skinner fan yeah <laughs> but anyway that's what made me such a diehard fan is that was my first concert was leonard, leonard skinner. skinner yeah just seeing it live and how old were you Oh, I was in seventh grade. Oh, man. So, however, however old you are in seventh right. grade. <laughs> My first concert was not that cool. No, not that cool. <laughs> I think I saw, like. And then we just got to do a few shows with them. We got more coming oh, up. So, that yeah. was really. Those guys are still, and they're still legends. They're legends, but oh, they're yeah. living legends. And yeah. it's, those are some of the things that it's, like, crazy to see someone like that and it's like a oh, bucket yeah. list for you yeah and there's all these little easter eggs in the band too like uh, ricky medlock was the founder of blackfoot and then there's just uh and and a lot of people don't realize that ronnie and johnny van zant's brother donnie van zant <laughs> was the front man of 38 special oh wow yeah yeah so, i did not know that yeah <laughs> so so the lead singer of 38 special what's 38 special sing he sings uh oh what's that uh, is it Here I Go Again? Yeah. Here I Go Again <laughs> on my own. Yeah. That band was Ronnie Van Zant's brother. <laughs> Did you know that? It's crazy. But anyway, <laughs> just talent everywhere. Ricky Medlock was in, was the founder of Blackfoot, and he played drums for Skinner in, the, in like 1973. Just so many little Easter eggs you learn. Uh, there's a great documentary on Showtime called If I Leave Here Tomorrow. It is a must watch. Well, now I have that in record. It's on record, verbally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of talented families, uh, you come from a very talented family yourself. You got some... uh, Pretty well, pretty famous family members in the <laughs> in the family tree there with some musical talent. Well, my mom's standing right over there. That's uh, Miss Becky Montgomery. Yep. She she is the sister of uh, Eddie Montgomery from Montgomery Gentry and John Michael Montgomery. Yeah. Um, they're just they're hometown boys. We're all hometown boys and girls, and 
we sat around a fire. I grew up sitting around a fire picking guitars with them, just like anybody else. We right. Their uncle. They're just you uncle know. to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we played golf and fished and camped out and all that kind of stuff, you know, and they've always lived in Kentucky. Yeah. Their whole career they have lived in Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, my cousin Walker Montgomery, John Michael's yes. boy, he's in the business now. Yeah. We just posted about his new single oh, that he cool, put out. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, I love him. He's we're all we're all tired. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I haven't got to see everybody. Oh together yeah, for a minute, he's been so. on the road. We've we've all been on the road. Yeah, yeah we've been working hard. So, uh, but but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, man, that has to be a fun Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> fun. It's fun. You know, we just give each other hell and argue about who's better looking. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I always lose that one. <laughs> Well, it's kind of cool. So, I mean, I'm sure growing up you had that in your family forever. It was just part of your life. But yeah, tell yeah, us a little bit about that. I think it's kind of like a, a family, you know, like a six-generation farm family or something. Yeah. You know, if you grow up, we grew up around it. And before I was born, my mom and her brothers was growing up around it with their parents playing in bands and stuff. And, and uh, my mom and Eddie and John, they used to uh, – they used to – they're, they're, my grandparents, their their parents would go and play shows and stuff and go to work, and they'd, they'd use reverse psychology on them. <laughs> and they'd go down, don't you go downstairs and be touching our guitars and our drum nice. sets yep. and stuff now when we're, while we're gone. And so Eddie and John and Mom, they think, they think they were doing something wrong. They'd sneak down there, and they'd pick on them guitars and drums, <laughs> play them drums and sing and carry on. And, and it ended up, that's how they, you know, that's how they got into it. It's kind of same thing for me. My mom, my mom taught me taught me to sing, and and uh, and I'd be down picking on the guitar, just getting upset, like I sound horrible. <laughs> you know, my buddies are better than me, and I, you know, and my mom would be like, "You just gotta keep doing it. You know, yeah. sing loud, sing proud. You know, just just do it. Just sing, sing all the time. Sing till you're blue in the face." And so then I got the bug, and here we are. But but uh, and my dad. My dad's side of the family, he's got he's got the the Carmichael side. They he, my my grandfather was in a gospel quartet, and my dad likes to write songs, and he, he's he's a singer too. He never pursued it or anything, and uh, but my dad told me too. He, I I sat in one time, and I was like, Dad, I just I can't sing. I think I played my first show in my hometown with an acoustic guitar, and it was just a train wreck. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. I was so nervous, I forgot my words, just everything. I said, Dad, I can't I can't do it. I'm no good, you know, I'm no good. And he said, just keep doing it. Work hard, work hard. So I always had everybody in my corner. And, and uh, the good thing, too, is that, you know, I had teachers and, and uh, you know, uh, just people in my hometown that were like, you can't do that, you know. Like, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a singer. Yeah. like, well, you can't do that. That's not a job. That's not a real thing. You can't be a singer. And you're like, have you seen my family? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I never said that because that's not like me. I, right. I, I never did say that. But but, but my thought was, well, but I've seen it happen. Right. Even at a really young age, I was like, but I've seen it happen. The dreams come true, and if you work hard. And I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to – you know, I'd like, if anything, I'd like for my family to, to be that message right. to aspiring people, whether it be they want to be a singer or, a, or a, you know, jump from airplanes or whatever it may be that, that what, what it, you know, dreams do come true. Yeah. And so. 
do you do you have a uh, a vision of what success looks like? Is it is it a million Spotify streams? <laughs> is it you know is it sold out? Because you can't base it anymore off I sold X amount of records because it's 2018 record sales. That's not where it's at. Right, now. right. You know, well, you know, I, I think that that achieving goals is getting closer to success, but I don't believe success ever ends. I don't think there's ever a exactly. Well, I'm successful now. Yeah. Then you're I done. I think that it's always. You, I think you're successful if you are continuing to grow and be better. I the the whole thing about well, I'm you know I want to make this much money and then I'm going to be done just doesn't. That sounds miserable to me. Like I don't want to be done. I want to do this all the time and keep growing and you know keep going. And I think that's if you really love it and it's your passion, which we can tell it is from listening to you and seeing you guys play. It is. And it is. it's 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 easy to see. You know, when someone loves what they're doing, yeah. and you obviously do, it's great to see that happen. And I think you're exactly right. It's proving because it's the world specifically now in the modern age is what have you done for me lately right you know so it's it's just that's just how we that's where we're at right you know it is it's different it is so it's like uh yeah i mean if you put out an album and it's great which you have well, you've done that it. yeah <laughs> but it's always about it's about doing your best on that next project right. and developing your sound and developing yep. who you are and yep. keeping true to who you are, but expanding that too. Right. And I think that's uh, that's one of the, the things when you're looking back at artists right. historically that are greats, right. the greats, you know, like yeah. the ones that you sing on stage and the ones yep. that you sing about in their songs. Yep. It's uh, it's yes, it's easy to see why they were successful because they worked harder than the next right. guy. And they you know, were talented. And people doubted them. Yep. Then, though, absolutely. Know, but you look back now, it's like a no-brainer. You know, it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's. I don't mind. You know, I don't mind playing anywhere. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I like to play anywhere. I will play yeah. music anywhere. We have to make money. You right. Know? It's. But, <laughs> That's how it works. But I, I look at things like growing. You know, it's growing is. A, I know that it's growing. Like yeah. just playing here and then seeing just a few more people at the shows, like a couple more. One, this time it might be five people out there singing my songs. Right. The next time when it's ten people singing my songs instead of five, that's five more people, you know, and it's yeah. just uh, to watch that grow is just so satisfying. You know? Yeah, and I, there's nothing wrong with a slow slow rise. Right. You know, there's no, right. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. And that's how you build true fans is right. going out there and every time, even if ten people know your songs or 20 or 50 or 100, whatever. Right. If they know your songs and you're growing it, and then there's other people hearing your songs for the first time and they're loving it, yep. and that's how you make the fan base. Yeah, we talk about like when you're going to a new market, and I'm sure you're hitting that a lot. It's like you're like putting on a show, but you're really trying to sell yourself to those fans. Yeah, you know, yeah, like absolutely, specifically in an opening act. Absolutely, you know, yeah. it's it's one of those things you know, where, yeah, it's I, I want everyone wants something different. I want my I want my songs to sell to the fans. I want them to like my songs. I don't want them to, to uh, you know, I don't want them to, to like just weird, you know, <laughs> visual things. Right. Like, I don't want them to like me for my six pack, which y'all can't see me, <laughs> but I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I got a keg, baby. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the race rowdy way. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I want it to be about the music and my band Everybody in my band, they love it for the music. You know, right. they, they told me that they love the music. 
<laughs> oh, you love me for my six pack. Is that right? <laughs> oh my goodness. But, so let's talk about how you guys how you got with Riser House and how yeah. that came to be. Well, I've been the president of Riser House, Jennifer. I've been working with her for for almost eight years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she's been like the biggest champion and the biggest believer. And uh, she signed me to my first publishing deal. Awesome. She offered me my first publishing deal when I was 17. <laughs> uh, she, uh, I was playing, I was playing in this bar in Nicholsville, Kentucky, and uh, and she's she's Mormon. She don't drink. She don't hang out in bars. But for some reason that night she was in a bar. Yeah. I think she had to meet. She was meeting someone she works with just to talk about business or something like that. And there was maybe nowhere else to do it or something. I don't know. But she was in the bar. Yeah. And so the bouncer, Hoss was his name. Hoss. It's <laughs> a good bouncer name. Hoss, he, he was he was kind of flirting with her a little bit and stuff, you know, and asking her where she's from and what she does and all this. And, and she, she said, well, I'm, you know, I'm a music publisher in Nashville. And he's like, you know, that's how they do it in Kentucky. Everybody's famous. Oh, well, you got you to gotta hear my brother. You know, you got to hear my brother. And so he pulls up a video and he's playing my song for for this for Jennifer, okay. and this was when I was 17, and she said, "Oh my gosh, you know, I want to meet him. How do I meet him?" He said, "Well, you know, ironically enough, he's going to be playing here on Thursday." <laughs> so she came up on Thursday, and she watched me play, and I took a break, and we went to the back, and we just kind of talked and. And it, at some point in the conversation, she held out her hand. She said, I'd like to offer you a publishing deal right here. Yeah. And I said, what's a publishing deal? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, if you're not in the industry, really, like if you're right. not in I mean, it. I was 17. I had, yeah. <laughs> I, I had maybe, I, I think I was about to graduate high school. <laughs> and and I, when I told her my age, she said, well, well, Dylan, you got to be 18 to sign a contract. She said two things: you have to graduate high school, and you got to be 18, and then sign this contract. And so, a little time went by. I turned 18, graduated high school. Well, that's what I tell people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated high school, <laughs> and I and I signed the deal. And I, immediately, she threw me in the fire writing with hit songwriters like oh, Steve man. Bogart, Phil O'Donnell. Jimmy Melton, Neil Cody, those two, that pair was one of my first co-writes. Uh, you know, I, I can't think off the top of my head just right. at the moment, but if you look up those names, that is some serious songwriters. Yes. And so I'm going in there, you know, and and just like thrown in the fire. I didn't even know I didn't even know what to do. You know, I'd never written songs with other people, but it ended up paying off because I learned real quick. I, I was like a sponge, you know. I was 18 years yeah. old. I'm watching. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. I'm getting paid to write songs. I'm writing with these hit writers, and I'm just like, I, I'm so distracted by what they're doing that I'm not even contributing to the song, probably. Right. But anyway, uh, it, it, from there, uh, you know that that came to an end for a minute, and just just for just not really a big deal. Just kind of like. After a couple years, it's normal that, right. that things come to an end, things yep. change. That deal was up with, um, and then I went and I started working security and all that. So, uh, try to trying to keep this short. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing short <laughs> yeah. about this story. I do. I'm working security for a couple years, and 
I get a call from an old friend, um, and uh, and she says you have to come and like have lunch because I haven't seen you in forever. So this old friend worked at that publishing company. Yeah. And so uh, I showed up. She said she said we're in a new place where we started up a record label. Uh, I work. Th- I'm I'm there. A and R and Jennifer runs it and all that. And I'm like I'd love to see Jennifer. She said well come on over. She's here say hello and uh and so i show up and uh and me and jennifer hug it out we hadn't seen each other in a few years and and uh and she said she said i gotta hear your new songs you know i haven't seen you in years you i want to hear everything you're doing so i sit down and start playing these country country songs right because yeah, exactly. early on <laughs> i moved to nashville like two months i remember two months after i moved to nashville Cruise by Florida Georgia Line hit number one and yeah. stayed there yeah. forever, yeah. and that was a big change. Right. And so, so me being country, um, I kind of wrote some other things, you know, yeah. like, maybe trying to fit in a little bit. But it after a while it just didn't work, you know. Yeah, I just realized that I need to stick to what I, what I know, you know, and uh, and so I at, at one point I. I started listening to me and quit listening to everybody around me. I started writing these country ass songs, and uh, and when I played those for Jennifer after those years, she she said I I'm gonna you know she's known for offering me deals on the spot. <laughs> she goes I'm gonna offer you a record deal right now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. She said you're gonna have whatever producer you want. You know we're gonna work hard to get everything that we need to do to make this happen. Yeah. She is just she's been such a believer. So we signed the deal. She said, who's the one producer? You know, we're going to work so hard to get the producer you want. I said, I want Dave Cobb. <laughs> the I said, producer. I said, the yeah. problem. The. I said, but the problem with that is I can want to work with Dave Cobb all day long, but Dave Cobb ain't going to want to work with me. Right. And That's, she said, we're going to make it happen. Wow. She said, I'm going to call everybody. I'm going to have a meeting set up, and you're gonna, he's going to love you. And I'm like, I don't know. He's the most sought-after producer. Right. I mean, this is like. You couldn't bend more prime time Dave Cobb oh, yeah, when yeah. we met. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like everything he touched turned into a Grammy. Right. Yeah. And uh, and still it still is. I'm not saying it's not. Right. not I'm just saying I'm just yeah. talking about that t- at that time. It was like he was. I mean, it was it was prime time. He he was in the studio for. I mean, he he had when he when he said he wanted to work with me, he had to like carve stuff out of his schedule to make it work. And uh, because he was so busy, but uh, but anyway, we got we, we met with Dave and and uh, and all that, and and that's another story. Dave's amazing; he's an amazing dude. His whole crew and all the team is amazing. I could talk about it all day, <laughs> but it all goes back to Jennifer. Yeah, she signed me to my record deal, and and just real believers, you know, all the whole team, everyone she hired, she wanted to hire everyone that was believers, and believers in the artists, and now they're starting to sign other artists and stuff like that. Yeah. Mitchell Tenpenny's yeah. one of them. Uh, he's he's got there a ton before, of He was there too. before me, but yeah. but Mitchell, Mitchell was a big part of the me getting a deal too. He because it had to because he was such a, uh, such a big part of Riser House that they wanted his approval too. Right. So they're like Mitchell. We think he's like sign <laughs> sign him <laughs> sign him. So Mitchell's such a good dude. I love Mitchell, but uh, 
But yeah, and here we are. The, this Riser House is, is a great team, and it's it's unlike any other label. And that's exactly it. Like I think they're on the cutting edge of what labels are in modern Nashville. Yeah. And it's cool to see that. And I mean, just you know, being an outsider but looking in, you're like you <laughs> see who has the buzz, and Riser House has the buzz. That's you know, awesome. It's, it's great to see. I'm gonna have to send them this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they're Make gonna love to, to hear it. that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's it's crazy seeing that, and yeah, Dave Cobb. When I heard you were working with Dave Cobb, I just giggled. You know, <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious right now?" <laughs> it's awesome. Just crazy to see that, and dreams come true, you know. And yeah, another thing. I mean, let's talk about the album specifically. Uh, I mean, it, if we're talking about albums, my favorite of the year, it's in the top five for sure, like a hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah. And awesome. uh, you'll see that later in the year when we put out our top album list. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, man, well, thank it's, you. That's really dude. It's and I think when I'm listening to your music, when I'm listening to your sound, there's a lot of guys that try to be country. True. You are country. Like you <laughs> are what you're putting out there. And it's when I hear your songs, I'm like, that's a Dylan Carmichael song. You that's know? awesome, man. It's uh, it's really cool to see. And I love, I love traditional country you know i yeah I, i'm not saying that nobody else does right <laughs> but i love traditional country and uh, southern rock and outlaw country i love all that i'm a big fan we're in ohio right now i'm a big right. fan of david allen cole and, yep. and uh, i'm a big fan of uh, waylon jennings and billy joe shaver and uh, and uh, i mean i could the list goes on but <laughs> but i just love that stuff you know i really am passionate about it i love it you know so uh so I'm passionate when I, I mean, I got, I learned to write and learned to sing and all that from all those songs, you know, right. so I'm just doing what's true, what's honest to me. Yeah. So uh, another cool story that I've seen, like, is about your Opry history. Yeah. So I know you talked about, you know, security and could you talk about that a little yeah. bit? Give us a little bit of that story. Nah, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, I'm just no yeah. I, the Opry is such a special, a special place to me when I, went through the spell that every artist goes through at some point where I had to do something else. Yeah. I had to do something else to make money. And uh, and, and a couple of my buddies were like, well, you're a pretty big dude. I think you could, you know, I think you could maybe do security. You might be able to handle your own <laughs> a little bit, you know, out there in the security world. And I said, I don't know, but, but I need to make some money, right. you know. And so I thought, how can I do, you know, security or something? And, and still be around music. And I love the Opry. My, my family is, is always listening to the Opry growing up and stuff. And and uh, and I wanted to get as close to that stage as possible. <laughs> I, I went to the Opry one time before that. Uh, and uh, and I just fell in love with it being there and, and all the stories and the history there. And so I got the job. Went in for the interview and, and I got the job. And... Uh, and so the, the security is actually, the Ryman Auditorium is owned by the same people that own the Opry. So I did right. security at both of those places. Like Monday, I would be at the Opry. Tuesday, I would be at the Ryman. It was just a double dose of awesomeness. Right. But uh, I got the job, and I was doing like a, what do you call it, a, uh, a, 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 a orientation. Yeah. And they gave me a tour of the, of the Opry. And, uh, and when we was on the tour, my boss, he said, uh, he said, you know, the cool thing about working at the Opry is you can step in that circle anytime you want, and nobody's going to say nothing to you because you're security, <laughs> you know. And he's like, man, it's just, a, you know, there's so much history there. So it's, 
such a cool thing. Y'all, y'all just we're right here, you know. Just step into it, check it out. Uh, and and I was like, I wish I could, but I can't. You know, yeah. it was like there's something in me. I wanted to be holding a guitar. Yes. I want to be singing my songs. I want to be, Earning. you know, introduced. Uh, you know, and and you know, out to the Opry and. So I didn't do it. And I worked there for a year and a half, and I never did step in that circle, not even one time. I walked around it instead of walking through it because yeah. I just couldn't. And so uh, so August 21st, I'll never forget that date. I got to step – I got to be announced by my uncle, Eddie. Yes. With my mom on stage singing harmony, and I got to step in the circle for the first time. That's and it was a very special moment. When I take my last breath – Hopefully that long from now. Long time from now. Yeah. Uh, but when I take my last breath, I'm going to think about that moment. I'm yeah. telling you, I will think about that. It will run through my mind for sure. So you out on the road right now with the Cadillac 3. Yep. Um, anyone else or any other tours that you'd love to work with or guys that you're just really interested in working with? Well, I want to say first that the Cadillac 3 guys are simply amazing. They're yeah. just good dudes. Um, they uh, – they, I have to. I, I'm going to the. Uh, I'm going to the CSAC Awards in Nashville tomorrow. Yeah. And me and my tour manager are sitting here going, "How are we going to make this happen? Because we're playing with Cadillac Three tonight, and I got to be back early because I got to, you know, I got to get ready to go to the CSAC Awards. It's formal. It's you know, then we're right now we're hours from Nashville. Right. And uh, and I was talking to the Cadillac Three guys, but I was like, yeah. They said, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, well, or they said, what are you doing on Sunday? I said, I'm going to CSAC Awards. Maybe yeah. if I can get there. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Won't you just hop on the bus with us and go back to Nashville? We'll be back by nine in the morning. You'll have plenty of time. So I'm gonna hop on their bus tonight and Ugh. go back to Nashville with them because they're just the coolest dudes. But uh, but anyway, yeah. If, I I love uh, I, I love. Eric Church and I love Randy Hauser. Um, I'd like to hop on a hop on a tour in 2019 because uh, I want to be promoting this record and yeah. I want to be playing music every night and um, I want the band to experience a, a, a tour as this you know with with, with me and and I, I want it to all just uh, be I want it to be organic but but I'd definitely like to find a tour in 2019 yeah. to hop on you know with uh, I mean I could name. I can sit here and name some of my favorites, um, but I'll I'll name a couple. Like I said, Hauser and uh, Eric Church and uh, Stapleton's one of my favorites. Um, you know, and uh, and and actually uh, Cody Johnson, Cody Kojo. Johnson. Yeah, I love what that dude's doing. I've never met him, um, but uh, we've been on radio tour, and I've been seeing his name. He's he's having some. Yeah. he's having a good time on radio. Well, he's getting yeah, he's doing good on radio. Now. Yeah. And um, and that's really exciting to see yeah. to see someone uh, doing that kind of country and being. And I think your already. style of music fits well with that too. Yeah, I think that that we have similar styles. Yeah, uh, or at least a similar fan base, for, for lack sure. of a better words, similar vibes. Yes, in our music yes, kind yeah. Of thing. But uh, but yeah, I like that dude. I'd like to be. I'd like to to maybe do a tour with him or something. Yeah. You know. But so uh, anybody's listening out there and looking for a kick ass opening act, <laughs> get Dylan and the boys wink, on the road. Hint, hint, yeah. no. <laughs> get Dylan and the boys on the road. Car will travel. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
man, tell people where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Dylan C Music. Um, let's see, Facebook, you know, um, on uh, E Harmony. Yeah, E Harmony. <laughs> Tender. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on those. I'm not on those. But <laughs> just Bumble, only Bumble. Yeah. But I'm thinking about getting getting a Tender for my and just putting my album cover on there and just promoting my album yeah. on tender you're like i'm in your city <laughs> yeah come see me exactly yeah. exactly but uh but no uh, it's uh you know i i want to i want to uh i just want to promote this record this record's my baby so and it's great so but, absolutely uh, it's a gem <laughs> for real thanks thanks for having me i appreciate you oh, absolutely yeah <laughs> well thanks so much for being with us man Hey, hey, everybody out there! Make sure to uh, tell all your friends about Ray's Rowdy. They are they are the 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 best of the best. And make sure you see Dylan Carmichael live as soon as possible. <laughs> hey, I appreciate <laughs> you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a great night. Absolutely. Yeah.